Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Now, back to more Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. So the Chicago Bears begin practice on Thursday. I think the players check in on Wednesday up at Hallis Hall. They start practice on Thursday. Keep a listen because uh, guys will be out and about this week uh, talking Chicago Bears here from the station. You know, Cap and Jay Hood are out. I think um, Brian Hanley and Yurko are out later on this week. But yesterday we get word that the White <laughs> the White Sox, um, I got White Sox on the mind because they've lost three straight. Uh, the Bears have traded wide receiver Anthony Miller to the Houston Texans. And that's okay. Um, well, we were waiting for that. That's the least surprising thing. Yeah, yeah, it they, is the least surprising done. thing. Yep. The other thing is, I was looking at someone. Someone sent this out last night on uh, Twitter. And just think about this. In 2016, the Bears traded up in the first round to get Leonard Floyd. In 2017, the Bears traded up from the second pick to the first pick to get Mitchell Trubisky. And in 2018, they traded up in the second round to get Anthony Miller. Yeah. Ryan Pace has a Traded Tennessee. up for, yeah. for players ben. that yeah. never worked out and we now, sent away. Yeah, hopefully, you know, Fields works out because they traded up to get him too. Uh, and everybody seems happy about that. But Well, so far. Anthony Miller was a guy, his rookie year, seven touchdown catches. He had 33 catches, 423 yards in 2018. 2019, 52 for 656, two touchdowns. In 2020, 49 catches, 485 yards. They couldn't quite keep him healthy. They couldn't quite get him where he was going to be out there all the time. And he always, we always waited for him to take that next step. Right. And he didn't. Or, and they couldn't keep him from keeping his head straight. No, they no, couldn't. They couldn't keep his head straight. Yeah. And uh, there was a situation last year where the Bears played the Saints, and Javon Wims punched C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, from the Saints because he was picking at him, he was pulling him, he was pushing him, and he just turned and hit him. Mm-hmm. Got ejected from the game. So the Bears were playing. I had, I almost forgot this, that the Bears actually played in a playoff game last year. Um, <laughs> it's actually forgettable, yeah, really. Yeah, it's very forgettable. Um, so in that playoff game, they're short a receiver, and what happens... Anthony Miller punches the same guy, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And this was afterwards. Now, we didn't see it right off the bat because the plays run and everything else, and then we see that he gets ejected. This was the call on TV. I think it was Jim Nance and uh, Troy Aikman. On this unsportsmanlike penalty, here's Miller. Take a look. After the play was over, there were fouls by both teams. Unsportsmanlike conduct, number 22 of New Orleans. Unsportsmanlike conduct, number 17 of Chicago. Number 17 from Chicago has been disqualified. Boy, this is a, oh, this is a story, that, a thread that goes back to the first matchup. That is the first unsportsmanlike toward disqualification for number 22. The penalty's offset after the play. It's fourth down. C.J. Gardner-Johnson was involved in a skirmish in that first matchup. Yes, he was, and obviously that was Romo. Why is it even? Um, but, uh, yeah, so Anthony Miller gets ejected from the playoff game. And Matt Nagy was not happy about it afterwards. We spent some time now on, on uh, Wednesday morning as a team. We spent time 
literally showing and explaining a particular player's actions in, in games and teaching it. And, and, you know, that's taking 10 or 15 minutes out of your day, which is precious. Right. And so when you do that, I think it's a valuable lesson for our guys is we already knew going into this thing about some of that. Right. What are we talking about? Every action has a reaction. And so uh, I think it's a valuable learn, especially when we're, we're low with numbers at the wide receiver position and the value of that zebra position for us. And so, again, it's, it's something where um, our guys, we all got to understand, we got to be uh, stronger and we can't have that happen. And we, we, we got to understand that. And, and uh, you're right. That's two times that that happened and, and we just can't have it. Now, the restraint that Matt Nagy showed in that, discussion it was impressive yeah just you listen. sound like an angry dad that was trying yeah. to hold back just listen to the very first <sighs> listen we spent some time now on, uh, there you go yeah. uh you can tell immediately how that they spent some time and to tell you how much time they spent george mccaskey about five days later four days later joined waddle and sylvie did a long interview with him, with Waddle and Sylvie, talked to them about everything. This was after they went to the podium at Hallis Hall and talked about how the guys will be back next year. We have faith in these guys and everything else. And they talked about the they, they are building a good culture for Bears players and things like that. And this is when Sylvie was asking McCaskey about that culture. The culture that you guys hit on, uh, I understand that, like, what you're looking for. But you had two wide receivers do the same thing to the same player against the same team in different games. Doesn't that speak poorly to the culture? Um, I think each of those situations needs to be evaluated um, separately. You're talking about Javon Wims against the Saints uh, in the regular season game at Soldier Field and then Anthony Miller in the playoff game against the Saints down in New Orleans. Um, in the first instance, Javon acted impulsively. He let another player get the better of him, and he he acted out. Um, he was immediately remorseful. He served a suspension. He said he would do better, and he came back and worked his butt off to try to help the team. I have a bigger problem with Anthony's uh, ejection because they sat him down and they told him, listen, watch out for this player. He's a punk. He's going to try to get under your skin. And with Darnell Mooney out, we really need you to be in this game and help this team. And Anthony had the benefit of having seen Javon's experience. So I, I think they need to be evaluated separately. And I've got a bigger problem with Anthony's ejection than I do with Javon's. Yeah. Is his future in doubt because of that? That's not up to me. It's not up to him, but you knew when he said that. It was strongly suggested. Yeah, that, listen, you talked, you sent everybody down. You told them what this guy's going to do. He did it, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. That's the kind of guy he is. Right. And when he referred to him as a punk, you heard Matt Nagy talk about him. He didn't go that strong, but you heard the way Matt Nagy said, we told him who he is. We told him what he does. Yep. He, got in an, he got in a fight with his own receiver. He got in a fight with Michael Thomas, 
where Michael Thomas turned and punched him in practice. I remember that. Yeah, he's a bad guy. He's going to do that. He's going to get on your nerves, and he's going to do everything he can do to take you out of the game. And that's what he did, and Anthony Miller took himself got, out of the game. He got suckered into it yeah. after being talked to about After it. he was told. Yeah, over and over and, and over And look, when that happened, we all knew he didn't really have a future here. Yeah, so he's been around until now, and now the Bears make the deal. They send him to Houston. We still have no idea exactly what they get for him. So I'm looking right now at the Bears' depth chart, okay? Um, your wide receivers are Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. You have Riley Ridley who was a fourth-round pick in 2019. You have Marquise Goodwin, who comes over from San Francisco after sitting out a year. Uh, let's see here. You have another guy named Jester Way. I don't know who he is. Didn't they draft a receiver, too? They drafted Daz Newsome. That's right. Oh, they have a, yeah, Daz Newsome. They still have... Um, Wims is still on the list, I think. And Demir Bird, who is an unrestricted free agent, I guess, from New England. So the reason they did, usually they only list two on uh, the Our Lads depth charts. They only list two wide receivers left and right. Now they have a, the slot. So uh, Bird and Wims and Daz Newsome. So they have some guys. They have speed. That's what they were go- looking for with Marquise Goodwin. He's a speed guy. He was in San Francisco. He can catch the ball and go, a di- go some distance. So as, a, as Bears fans, you guys excited about, first of all, that they got rid of Anthony Miller and what they're going to have at wide receiver. Because earlier this week, Waddle and Sylvie were talking, and I mentioned it yesterday, and they were talking about offensive weapons for every team in the National Football League. And the Bears ranked like 28th in offensive weapons, meaning David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, um, you know, Daz Newsome, um, things like that. Well, I I liked what Mooney did last year. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, and you know they it was a fifth round pick. This seems where like that's where um, Ryan Pace is good. The fourth round, the fifth right. round, the sixth round picks, first and second rounds usually not so much. But now they need Cole Komet to step up. And as the Bears begin practice this week, how excited are you for the season? Are you only excited if Fields gets in? I mean, Andy Dalton is your quarterback. Until further notice, Andy Dalton is your quarterback. TFN. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable going into the season with Andy Dalton as your quarterback? And a question I wanted to ask Bears fans. Remember, they were in the playoffs last year. I know. They added another team. Bears got in. Okay. Will the Bears be in the playoffs again this coming season? 312-332-3776. And if there's one stipulation other than Fields starting a quarterback... What does it have to be for the Bears to get there? 312-332-3776. Because the season gets underway, you're going to have wall-to-wall Bears talk starting once practice gets underway. Matt Nagy and I think Ryan Pace. I know Matt Nagy talks on Tuesday. So Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday during the day, you'll hear Matt Nagy comments. You'll hear how excited they all are to be in camp, how excited they are for the upcoming season, how they want to improve on last year's record. As a Bears fan, how excited are you? that the football season's finally beginning. Now, if you're a White Sox fan, you may say, well, you can slow down because we're in first place and we're hoping to get the, make a playoff run. If you're a Cub fan, maybe you're saying, thank goodness. I could not wait for the Bears season to get underway. I'll keep up on every single Bears move in the training camp. I cannot wait. So how do you feel with the Bears going to camp this year? 312-332-3776. Because it doesn't seem like anybody else in the country is excited that the Bears are going to camp. No, it would only be us here. Yeah. 
because it seems like a lot of the talk around all of football has been Aaron Rodgers. What's going to happen? Where is he going to go? Even on the show before us, Devontae Adams has posted a picture of him and um, Aaron Rodgers, which was reminiscent of the Michael Jordan Scotty Pippen picture from The Last Dance. Yeah, and then you saw the blowback on Twitter for yeah, that. Yeah, so 312-332-3776. Bears begin practices on Thursday. They trade wide receiver Anthony Miller. Your thoughts going into uh, the preseason and camp as the Bears and Andy Dalton get ready to uh, take the field this year for your uh, beloved. 312-332-3776 here at ESPN 1000. Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. If you want to talk some Bears football, jump on in 312-332-3776. Anthony Miller's gone. And uh, that's a good thing, I think, for all Bears fans. Now, if they can just get a receiver. They they picked up a few in the offseason. A couple of uh, free agents. Marquise Goodwin. Uh, see what he can do. But you may not be excited about the Bears, but people that play are always excited about fantasy football. The 16th Fantasy Football Convention, presented by Miller Lite, run by ESPN 1000, right here coming up Saturday, August 21st. Join ESPN 1000 for the event of the year in fantasy football. Special guests include ESPN fantasy expert Field Yates. You get gambling advice from Mike North and Carmen DeFalco and also a live fantasy football draft. You'll even uh, check out the preseason game because the Bears play Buffalo that day. Maybe you get a chance to see Mitchell Trubisky play for the Bills. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Um, at ESPNChicagoFFC.com. They are $20 a piece. ESPN 1000 Fantasy Football Convention starts at 8 a.m. on August 21st. Sponsored by PropSwap, Hooters, Bettenhausen Automotive, and 3Chi. And um, 115 Bourbon Street. We've all got memories of being there. Some that we remember, some that we... Yeah. Remember we were there. But, it's, it's uh, yeah. you know, in a lot of bars change after a while. That's been around for a long time. Favorite yeah. uh, favorite spot on the south side. Yeah, it's a it's a nice big place. Uh, like I said, I was there. We did a uh, Bears post game show. Me and uh, Mongo back in the day, and uh, had a great time down there as the Bears uh, get ready for a season where you know they made the playoffs last year. I know, I know they added barely. It you know what? It all counts. Yeah, it, it does. Makes the postseason. It, it goes somewhere on your record. You go eight and eight again under Matt Nagy and. Um, the Bears make the playoffs, have an awful showing in the postseason, and we brought but it up Jimmy because that Jimmy Graham of, catch was pretty sweet. The, what, then he left, right? And, and he ran left right the down the tunnel. And Jimmy Graham is back for another year, and I know a lot of people have said, oh, it's hard to believe he's coming back. But, you know, he had eight touchdown catches. He and did, it's not hard to believe because he's getting paid to come back. Yeah, he, he did what tight ends are supposed to do. He caught the 50 ball. 50 catches? Um, yeah, what did I have here? 50. I think you said 50 for... 600 yards, maybe? Um, Six. Yeah, 50 catches, 456 yards. 450, okay. So, and eight touchdowns. So, that's not too shabby. That's doing your job. Especially for quarterbacks that don't really throw to their tight ends that much. But in the red zone, he was a guy, he was a weapon that they went and got, and they they paid too much for him. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. 
He and we could. didn't even know he would work out that good, no. but he did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't fault him for taking what they're willing to pay him. Listen, he had five touchdown catches in the previous two years before that with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. And that's why we thought it yeah. wouldn't be much of an addition. Exactly. So he had nine catches. So we'll see exactly if, in fact, he's going to be able to get there. But Komet is the future. I hope. Yeah, and I mentioned that to Yurko the other day when I was in here about a week or so ago, and he said, yeah, if he can hold on to the ball. And yeah, fumbling is not a good thing. Fumbling is never a good thing. And he did several times last year. Cole Komet for the season last year, um, yeah, not nearly as many opportunities. He had um, 28 catches, 248 yards, 44 targets in 16 games, which is not nearly good enough. Are they still using Stick'em? In the NFL, remember I think that they use the gloves. Yeah, the gloves they, have, kinda have like stickiness. Yeah, yeah, because the sticking was outlawed. I think I, it probably was. Uh huh. Yeah, maybe they could use spider tack. Maybe <laughs> it's got to be used for something. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm eager to see if we see a continuation of David Montgomery being used. Um, people ask. Well, it's it started trending that way. Yeah, people ask Man Nagy all the time. Do you do you not like the run game? <laughs> I know. Um, that's gonna that's gonna follow him everywhere. But it is because he doesn't seem to run the ball. He was calling plays for the Chiefs, and uh, they blew a game because they didn't run the ball. And he he just doesn't seem to like to run the ball. You think he's he's running on the guy. job a little bit. Well, yeah, you would you you would think in your fourth year as a head coach, you would figure it all out. And um, that's one of the things we'll wait and see if he does, in fact figure it out. Um, one of the things that came up yesterday, we talked a little bit about it because uh, earlier in the week it came up that if, in fact, a team has to cancel a game and they have to postpone the game because uh, there's a difference. Cancel. They had to cancel the game. The game was gonna, not going to be made up and because of COVID. Right. And, and a, uh, I guess COVID among unvaccinated. Unvaccinated, yeah. right. Yeah. And yep. uh, so that they, the team would not get paid, and either with the opposition, the opponent wouldn't get paid either. It's Which obviously like a, is is a trouble because yeah. you've done everything right, and you're at the mercy of somebody else who didn't. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so there's another rule out there that uh, was in the paper again today. I heard it yesterday afternoon. But uh, unvaccinated NFL players will be fined $14,650 every time they violate the COVID-19 procedures. Uh, there was a report that Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians would fine a player 14000 every time for not wearing a mask or uh, is breaking a protocol. He said the article did not directly quote Arians and did not specify whether it was a team rule or a league rule. But Arians did say it's NFL policy, league rules, and the spokesperson for the league, Brian McCarthy, confirmed to ESPN that what Arians said was correct uh, in his understanding of the rule. The stipulations place a premium on wearing appropriate PPE and offering restrictions on the number of people and types of venues players may gather in for social or team-related purposes among the unvaccinated. Do we even know how they're policing this? I'm not sure that we even were able to get a hold of... Or a handle on them policing these types of rules. Well, remember the thing they did last year in um, Hard Knocks? The players had a wristband. And if someone... Oh, that's right. Remember? Right. They had wristbands. They all wore masks. And if your wristband... If you were close to a person who had COVID, 
the wristband would turn colors or beep or something like that. So they're working their hardest to try to, you know, but it's not easy with no, 100 players in camp or whatever right. how, it is. How do you keep track of everybody and everything? Yeah. And, um, you know, now, and plus now what you were mentioning with uh, Lollapalooza, you, you know, it's not going to be only Lollapalooza where people are going to look for fake uh Fake vaccination records. No, no. You've got music festivals just in the music uh-huh. sector. Yeah. You've got music festivals all over the place. After players know they can be fined 15000 don't you think players that are unvaccinated are going to say, hey, just like looking for a fake passport, where can I find fake I, But I wonder, fake if documentation? I wonder if they are documented as, so, oh, so you're saying they would bring the team fake documentation, documentation yeah. to masquerade as? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that if, would be a mess. If someone asked you right now, if Tyler asked you, said, "Listen, you can't get on the air until you show me your vaccination." Uh, do you have something you could show him? Yep. Okay, I have mine on my phone, and I think that would be I've got hopefully mine enough in my wallet. It's too big for my wallet. I had to fold it. Yeah, I'm not folding it. It's here. You guys have like the index cards, don't you? Yeah. See, like, see now, you, and we talked about this before. I yeah, was wrong. It big. wasn't that. It, I do have to fold mine. Yeah, you do have to fold yours. Yeah. Yeah, and I they, I think they made them that size on purpose, because maybe if they were smaller, they'd be easier to... Well, mine's mine I can fit in my wallet without folding it. Can you really? Yeah. Here's mine. Yeah, my, see that? And I had, to, I had to fold mine. I think, yeah, that's that's the same size as mine. So maybe you just you have, have a bigger wallet. wallet. Do you have a trifold, you have a have a trifold or a... No, I've got just one, like a money oh, okay. clip yeah, pocket yeah. thing. So, yeah, you can fit this in a different size wallet. Can you really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big size. Like, yeah, yeah I, I don't think I can fit it in mine. My wallet's got other stuff in it. Well, yeah, Let me so see. does mine. There. We're on TV. Actually, yeah, it might come close. Let me see real quick. I'm not going to... have a, s- a slight bend to it at the end. Yeah. That's there. what it'll have. This would have been really tough. Yeah, you would have to do the slight bend on the end. Yeah, because it barely fits. Yeah. Holding it up to twitch. Um, yeah, I didn't want to do that. So... Yeah, so I just put it on my phone. But hopefully that's that suffices. Because if I want to take a plane trip, will that work, or will am I going to have to have the card? You're going to have to call the airport yeah. or or your travel agent, right, to figure it out. Because again, like everything else, this is the year of inconsistency. I'm my own travel agent. Uh, well, then uh, I I don't know. Then You're going to have to get the airport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Airlines. Because again, you know, this this stuff is changing every day. It's the great inconsistency yeah. across the board with everything, seemingly. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, it's weird. So um, people are waiting to find out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. I know ESPN National, that's like the biggest story. It'll be the biggest story all My week. My buddy yesterday, he texted me after the show. We talked about it a little bit. I told you he said he is not going to retire. My buddy said he's not retiring. And this is the guy that it, he is immersed up there in this whole thing. So we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. But if he doesn't and he does play, what was all this? Yeah. That's going to be the next question. If he shows up and plays, what was all this? I don't know. And usually he talks to the media when he comes in camp and things like that. I'll be interested to see if, in fact, he gets there, what he has to say. But I'm not. It, it doesn't Just keep, kidding. I, it doesn't keep me awake at night, but I guess that's because I'm not a Packer fan. No, it, it's keeping all of them up at night. Yeah. All the Packer fans. Our Packer fans haven't slept in months. And and you don't. You could still play football and still host Jeopardy. I'm pretty sure they can make that work. Think about all the time off time you have. 
They just would do Jeopardy during the offseason. They can filmed be done. the whole thing. It could be done. Believe yeah. me, if they want him bad enough, yeah. they would have to work around whatever he tells them to work around. Do you ever watch a show called The Chase? I'm familiar with it. It's um, they, they ask three different people questions, and then when they get their, their money total, they go against one of the big guys, like Keith Jennings or James Holzhauer, or the guy that was the beast, the English guy that knows all the trivia. Mm-hmm. They go against one of them. And they have to answer the questions before, if they get one wrong and the other guy gets it right, then they, they you know can possibly lose their money. It's a good game. Uh, it's actually a fun show. You learn stuff. I like to watch anything where I learn stuff. Well, and that's why I like there's, documentaries. There's more so pop culture than it. There's more pop culture in it and silly stuff than, Je- than Jeopardy because Jeopardy gets a little too yeah, a little too dry for you. Well, you got to be you got to be really smart in too many things. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's just crazy. The, there was a lady the other day. She was an aerospace technician. That's unfair. She did very well. It's a, literally a rocket scientist almost. But, right. But then they're, but they're asking her questions about fruit and flowers, and, and she's nailing it. She's just boom, 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 boom. And, you know, the people walked away. There were three of them, and they split $360,000. You know what they call this? Revenge of the Nerds. I guess so. <laughs> if, you could be on, if you could be on one game show, any game show from your past, or game show that's currently on now. If you could be on one game show, what would be the game show you think you could excel at? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. What's the one game show? And uh, you know, I'm not. What was the one? Um, there was a. Um, how can I not remember the sports show? There was a base. There was a, a sports show, sports challenge, with, years ago with Dick Enberg, probably even before you. Um, huh. Dick Enberg hosted uh-huh. a sports challenge. Sure. Yeah. But if there was one game that would be show, yours? if there's one game show, that might have been mine. I'm thinking of mine. If there's one game show that's on now or a show in the past that you could have been on and you could have dominated, you you have confidence. So many people think they're good at Jeopardy, and then they get up there and say, Tyler, you? The, is there anything so the hardest that comes part of Jeopardy, a lot of people say that go on is not actually answering the questions because almost everyone knows the answer. It's hitting the button. It's, it's buzzing in. Yeah. 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 How about you, Tyler? Mine Any would be The Price is Right. The price After is right. Working in retail, price is right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll come up with mine when we come back. 312-332-3776. If you've got one for you, um, one game show that you say, listen, that's the one I want to be on. I watch it. I know the answers. I can do well or at it. Or the one I could have been on. Yeah, or the one you could have been on. They got the rid one of I, just I'm choosing. I, it's not on anymore. Not anymore? Nope. And the password is. Uh, okay. Right. We'll come back. We'll talk about it. We come back. 312-332-3776. Jesse Rogers joins us at 11 o'clock. And in case you missed it, USA basketball team sucks. They lost to France. You're listening to Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for sports. Live stream ESPN 1000. Or take a listen to our other shows on demand. It's the all-new ESPN Chicago app. When you were, um, when you got married the first time, <laughs> I love when. Well, I'm just asking yeah, because the question starts off. Then. Did you hang? Did you hang around with other friends that got married? Because I, I had like six buddies, and we all got oh, married. Like that, a group of friends yeah. that seemed to get married at that age. Yeah, there was a there was a period of like two or three years. Yeah, where 
there were three, four weddings a summer. But we would hang, we would hang around still as friends when all of our wives oh, yeah, would yeah. become friends. Early on, early on. We used to play. Until somebody didn't like somebody's wife or, you know, there's some kind of, some of that. We used to play the newlywed game. Wow. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. It sounds cheesy. But, you know, it's, you know, people play categories and other. We played the newlywed game. Who is Bob Eubanks? That would just, you know, it was actually a board game where you would get in, you'd have the questions and all that stuff, you know, and um, it was w- fun. Was one of the uh, responses in the butt, Bob? <laughs> that was, yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I know the women all uh, thought it was. Um, you, you know, know what I'm crude. talking about. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was the same thing. If you go online, if you're on Facebook or anything else, you see uh, Ellen DeGeneres asks questions to, to, um, some of her celebrity guests. I do not follow and they ask, anywhere. Well, they ask Amy Schumer. They, she says, where's the strangest place you made love? And she said... She answered that. Yeah, she said yeah, the exact that's same. That's the famous, yeah. famous yeah. episode of yeah. Newlywed Game. Yeah, because growing up, there was the dating game, the Newlywed Game, mm-hmm. all those kind of games right. and things like that. And then... You know the hundred thousand. It was it was the hundred thousand dollar pyramid and the five hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Yeah, they had to kept, keep raising the yeah, money because first it was a twenty thousand dollar pyramid. Yeah, right, that's like ah, that's Trump change. Yeah, what am I Come coming on. here for twenty thousand <laughs> right. for? Is it, that's not. I what got better it. things to do with my time. Right, but now they've got all these shows, and I like the chase a lot because, like, um, like Tyler was saying. In in Jeopardy and stuff like that, you've got to hit the buzzer. And how many times do you see a guy and he's losing? You see him like he keeps pushing and he never ever gets it in in time. But in this game, the chase, they ask you specifically the questions. But on Jeopardy, don't they have the little hand things? Yeah. Okay. But they can't. Some, I mean, sometimes your thumb just isn't connected to your brain, or it's not as fast as everybody right. else's, and you think it is fastest you, thumb you, in the west. And you watch it; you you swear that the other person got it in first. And I think too, you can't hit it too early either. Eventually, oh, there's a certain so? point where it quote unquote opens. Okay, the, the the buzzing opens. Yeah, right. That that's a good point. So if you hit it too early, nothing happens, and then if you're caught out of sequence, yeah. somebody's going to beat you on that. Yeah, because like with the with the chase, they say, okay, you've got. A minute, and the girl starts firing questions at you, and you either have the answer or you pass. Go to the next one. Give her an answer. She gives you the and you. So you, it's how many correct answers you have. Ten thousand dollars you win for every correct answer in the minute, and then they ask questions, and you have you get. You, there's no time thing there, okay, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, it's not like last night where you can wait twenty seconds or forty seconds to or two to minutes get, get a play called correctly. It's uh, something where you have to come up with an answer right away. Uh, but it's not you know you're not buzzing in and not going against somebody else. So that's a good thing. So which game show would you would you? Oh, without you a doubt, it ran on VH1 from 1998 to 2002, four seasons, Rock and Roll Jeopardy. When this was on, I would play anybody in the room, uh-huh. and I'd slaughter everybody. I didn't I didn't know there was a Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Yep. It you was on where? Beat Shazam. Yeah. You huh? know about that one? You know, Beat Shazam? Yes, I've heard of that. I've never... Uh, where was that? I don't what, know was that, on? that was on. Okay. It may have been NBC, but okay. it was one of those shows... Like, uh, it was like name that you know. tune. Uh, back yeah, in the seventies, yeah. there was name that. You just tune. had to beat Shazam. They t- they have named they had named that tune on recently. Oh, did they really? Oh, was that awful? Yeah, it was really bad. Well, it sounds watch like I didn't it. miss much. No, we'd watch it. Well, the problem is with music nowadays, you'd have a person up there and you get rap or pop or rock or hip hop or 
You know, and it's like there's so many different well, things. Well, that's why this is called Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Right. And they stuck with that. Yeah. And it's like, God. I mean, I love I loved the board game Trivial Pursuit. That was one of my favorite games. Yeah. When we were all, you mm-hmm. know, we'd all get together, play Trivial Pursuit, mm-hmm. things like that. I thought that was really good. Um, Pressure Luck was fun when I used to watch that. I know it's not, it's on again now. I don't watch that. Wasn't there a Joker, Joker, Joker? That's um, Joker's Wild. It was so. Joker's Wild, and yeah. that was the response. Joker, Joker, yeah. Joker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so I would play that too. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, The Chase is one of my favorites uh, now. I don't know the, which one I could be good at. Um, I kind of think it would be, he said the price is right, and that's, that's probably the one I think I would get. But every time I play it, I'm always off. I'm usually high on some of the things. So, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, that's a <clears throat> that was always an interesting game to watch. Yeah. Because there was all the uh all the silliness going on too. If if you get a chance, go on go on Facebook or Google or look it up or whatever and just go to Sports Challenge. I just looked it up. <laughs> and the graphics are awesome, Tyler. You got to look this up. Graphics are great. The highlights are showing Dick Edinburgh is the host and it's the Chiefs going got, against uh, the Miami I love Dolphins. His hair. Yeah. It's the Kansas City Chiefs against the Miami Dolphins. It's Len Dawson, Willie Lanier, and I forget who the third guy was. Going against the Miami uh, Dolphins Zonka. with Zonka, Jim Kick, and Paul Warfield. And they're showing highlights like, you know, they're showing Blackhawk highlights. You see Doug Jarrett. Oh, Len Dawson was on. Yeah, Len Dawson, yeah. Willie Lanier. I can't remember who the okay. third guy was. And um, so it's, it's great. It's back when Len was wearing the helmet with just the one pointless bar. Yeah. In front of his mouth. Right. That's it. Yeah. That was it. Well, his line wouldn't let him get tackled. So that was always nice. Um, well, that that's the least they could do. Yeah, but it's a, it's a great. It was a great show back in the day. I couldn't. I I would make sure it was probably on Saturdays or something like that. I'd always make sure I would watch Sports Challenge because that was a good one. And there was there was a show that uh, years ago there was a there was a game show. I can't remember what it was, but I'm pretty sure there was a game show that Hawk Harrelson was on. As a host, Hawkeroo. No, 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 no. As a as a participant or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. But maybe, if nothing else, it's just as a segue to get now, into the Hawk speech. Oh, yeah. Very good. You can watch it. Uh, it's on MLB Network today at 11, and then again at 7 o'clock, I think, the Hall of Fame induction speech for Hawk Harrelson. That's why Darren Jackson was not on the call yesterday of the White Sox game. So he was in Cooperstown, along with Jerry Reinsdorf, Bob Grimm, a bunch of other people from the White Sox were there to see Hawk Harrelson finally get into the Hall of Fame as the Ford C. Frick um, Announcer Award winner from last year. Okay, so he gets in. His whole speech will be on uh, later on today on MLB Network, and I'm sure some of the guys will play some of it tomorrow. But uh, about a minute snippet was on um, NBC Sports Chicago on the White Sox postgame last night. Give it a listen. You know, if you've watched a lot of my telecasts, my two rules in baseball are two things. First of all, you've got to catch the ball. You can't give the other team 30 outs when you're getting 27 because you're going to get beat. And the second rule is don't mess with Joe West. (laughs) Don't mess with Joe. And one man sitting out there that I love, and he's a man's man. People don't understand that. I think he's the greatest owner in sports. And that, of course, is Jerry Reinsdorf. He created what is a family atmosphere. I mean, it was like a family for the most part, all the years I was there. This is my favorite, this is my favorite toast. I gave this at Arnold's 80th, Arnold Palmer's 80th birthday. And when you take a man's money, you take a man's money. 
But when you take a man's time, you take a part of his life. And I want to thank you all for all the parts of eight decades of your time. Thank you very much. Now, it's a shame that Hawk wasn't able to do this speech on the steps of the Hall of Fame with big crowds or wherever they do it at the at the you know the ballpark in Cooperstown and things like that with a bigger crowd because I'm sure he plays bigger to a bigger crowd. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of his stuff would be tremendous. I can't wait to hear the rest of it because that's what we were all looking forward to. We we're looking forward to Hawk Harrelson's speech. I'm glad he uh, he looked healthy enough uh, to be on out there and give the speech. I'm a, I was a big Hawk fan, and um, you know. I miss him doing the broadcasts. I like to hear the Catfish Hunter story over and over again. That's okay if nobody else does. Right. Yeah. But, uh, now, yeah. Look, he's he's an absolute legend. Yeah, Some of the younger fans might not realize that he was a GM of the team for a while. Yeah. He, he would prefer you didn't. No, because yeah. there were a few things that happened during that tenure that he doesn't want to talk about. But very much a big part. And I remember him and Wimpy. Yeah, you know those were those uh, you know early eighties. They were great, and him and Drysdale back in the day. People and forget Drysdale, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Don Drysdale and Hawk Harrelson with the broadcast team, and that was amazing. That was, that was eighty three. Wimpy was after that, right? Yeah, Wasn't that I Drysdale so. and yeah, cause Hawk? Hawk because uh, Pachorik was playing. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that was afterwards. But uh, yeah, if you get a chance to check that out later on today, uh, as Hawk Harrelson gets into the Hall of Fame, nice that finally after COVID and everything else, he gets to do his speech. It was kind of sad. It was only if yeah, everybody was so, not socially distanced, but in an auditorium by themselves and things like that. It's probably in at Cooperstown when you walk, first walk into Cooperstown. You sit in with a little auditorium, and I wonder if that's where it was or if they had it in a bigger facility. Because they didn't need it in a big facility for what they did yesterday. I've not been there. Yeah. I have to get up there. The Hall of Fame, I wanted to go, could not wait to get there. And when I got there, it's like I compare it to the Field Museum and the Museum of Science and Industry. The Field Museum, there's a lot of dead stuff, and you can walk around and read stuff. At the Museum of Science and Industry, you get to do stuff. It's interactive. Yes. The Baseball Hall of Fame is not nearly as interactive as you need it to be. A lot of dead stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And the hall, the baseball museum is one thing. Then the Hall of Fame is just a hall with a bunch of plaques. So if you just want to walk down the hall and look at a plaque of Willie Mays or this and that, eh. Right. You know, it's like, okay. In this day and age, there should be a little more interactive. You want to be more interactive. Have you been to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto? I have not. I've, That's I've heard it's great. It's yeah. unbelievable. I've been to, I think... Baseball and hockey are the only two I've been to. Last year. And I like baseball way more than I like hockey, but the Hockey Hall of Fame is way cool. Because it's interactive. Yep. And, right? and they redid yeah. that. The Hockey Hall of Fame yeah, used did. to be a little more typical well, you know of where the hockey, Hall of Fame. The Hockey Hall of Fame used to be just on the other side of where the uh, Toronto Blue Jays played. Right. They played at a little stadium up there, and that stadium got redone, and now it's where uh, Toronto Football Club uh, the MLS team plays. And just on the other side of it was a building where the Hall of Fame was. Um, so I went to there, and that was pretty nice. Um, but, yeah, they moved it. And it's in downtown Toronto. Yeah. I haven't mm-hmm. been to that one yet. But the Football Hall of Fame, I went last year during COVID, and they had just opened up a week or two before that, and they said, you know, we're wearing masks, we're socially distancing, all that stuff. And it was awesome because you could go there and there was nobody in your way. Mm-hmm. You could check stuff out, take your time, relax. It was comfortable. People were very pleasant because they were happy that you came in. And it was great. Was it uh, interactive too? Yeah. 
Yeah, there was a lot of interactive stuff. And then I went and watched, and then the next day I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is really interactive. Yes, it is. You get to do a lot of stuff. I have been to that. Yeah, so that that was fun, too. Uh, 312-332-3776, you want to talk some White Sox. Jesse joins us at 11 o'clock. And the U.S. Olympic men's basketball team, losers, will recap some of the stuff when we come back in case you missed it, in case you care. Uh, in case you tried to watch it, we'll do all that. We come back after this. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. You're listening to Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN1000. U.S. men's basketball team lost today. Zach Levine started, scored eight points. Lost to France. Uh-huh. Wee oui, wee, oui, one of me. Um, Is it time to panic yet? Well, France had some basketball players. Batum plays for, you can tell me who they all play for, uh, Tyler. Batum was on the Clippers. Okay. Gobert's on Utah, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Fournier... I believe he's on the match. No, he got traded to Denver, I believe. He had 28 points. He was 11 for 22, 4 of 12 from three-point range. Do we know how that works out as far as uh, qualifying for another country? Do you, you don't have to be born there. I think you just need citizenship. Yeah. Okay. Some of the other players on France, I should know how to say his name when he played for the Bulls. Luau Cabarro? Yeah, Timothy Luau Cabarro, yeah. And... um this guy didn't play. This guy played for New York. Frank uh, Nidalekina? Yes. Mm-hmm. He didn't play in the game today. But for the United States, um, Draymond Green, com, com, um, he had two points. Uh, Adebayo had 12. Lillard had 11. Kevin Durant had 10 on four of 12 shooting, one of six from three. They put up 32 threes and shot 10 of 32 for 31%. From the field, they were just 36%, while France shot 47%. So, and you see, it's a different game, yeah, because it, it, it goes by the FIBA rules, and all of these guys who have played international ball before and have played together in some of these FIBA tournaments understand the FIBA rules, and like the three point line is shorter. You, you see a lot of the, um, like that. That's I think a big part of why the U.S. struggles shooting from three. Right, it's a different distance; they're not as acclimated to it. Your spots on the floor are different. I believe the lane is a little bit wider, too. It is. It, it is. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of different rules. And I, I know some players, American players, don't like the FIBA basketball either. Okay. And they play with the international ball. I, I know. What's the difference? So- size? No, it's Obviously? just a different grip, different texture. Oh, okay. Everything is okay. di- Yeah. It, it, it almost reminds me a little bit of... And Fred, you and I have talked about this, but the AL versus the NL. Yeah. It's a different style of ball. Yeah. And, um, like, there's different rules. And the, I guess in the case of international, there's more dimension rules that are a little bit different. But it'll throw you off, and you just see that these American players aren't suited for this game. It's a totally different game. You cannot get away with the constant crying for fouls because they just don't care. The officials <laughs> do not care. So it it's not re- as physical? Or no, it's more, a much more physical It's game. more physical, right. Durant had five personal fouls. Green had four. Um, I'm curious about this stat. I haven't looked at the box score. Yeah. How many free throws were shot by each team? 24 for France and 21 for the United States. Okay. 
Um, United States was 16 for 21. Because I, I bet you a bunch of the United States players thought they should have shot about 35. Oh, I'm sure. 30. Yeah. And I would think the game might be replayed later on today. I don't quite understand. I know Peacock is trying to get more people uh, to subscribe to it. But today you had to have a subscription to Peacock to watch the game live. It's not going to coerce me. Well, yeah, a lot of people. I mean, you know, if you're if if you have Xfinity, you probably get. Pe- you, I think you get Peacock for free, which is great. That's oh, wonderful. It, that's part of that. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So I, that's great. I've cut the cord a while ago. Uh, Drew Holiday. I was talking about how he just took a plane over there with um, um, with Middleton and also Booker. They all got into the games. Middleton was 0 for 2, Booker was 1, was 1 for 6, and Drew Holiday had no conscience. He took more shots than anybody in the U.S. team. He went 5 for 13, 3 of 6 from 3, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. He had 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He, like, he was, I mean, other than Adebayo, who had 10 rebounds, he, like, dominated the score sheet. And it doesn't say here minutes, how many minutes they played, so I don't know. The game is also shorter, too. The game is also shorter. Okay. It's, I think, 40 minutes, I want to say, 10-minute quarters. 10-minute quarters? Okay. Which would be fine. <laughs> Which, as, and, and they don't have nearly the amount of timeouts at the end of the game either, I don't think. It's a whole different game. Yeah. It's a whole different game, and, and these guys do not know how to acclimate to it. Yeah. So I'm not sure who they play next. We'll figure it all out. But... Uh, yeah, there'll be a lot. That'll be the talk. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that Jay Hood and Cap will break it down tomorrow, along with the White Sox as they play uh, later on this evening. We're going to talk to Jesse in a couple of minutes because talk about a big week. Not only is it a big week, but on Thursday, Chris Black is doing the draft with you, right, Tyler? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So these two guys get to do the draft. Now, in years past, it was exciting. Not that it's not going to be exciting to hear Tyler in the air, but the Bulls don't have a pick. Do they? Right. They have a second-round pick, but yeah. first round, and especially in, in the first 10 picks, yeah. there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, oh, there and is. And especially at the guard position, which is something that the Bulls need right. desperately. Yeah. And now you're going to see them probably go out and have to spend in free agency, but it would have been nice to have a draft pick so, to try to get a point guard. So that's on Thursday night, okay? The Bears' re- first practice is Thursday. Thursday night, you have the NBA draft. Trade deadline. It's Friday. It's a huge week. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so many things going on. The White Sox get to go to a four-game series in Kansas City, which I'm bummed out at. I was supposed to be there. I, w- I told my brothers I wanted to go. Um, last year, we were going to go to Kansas City. COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, we were supposed to go to Minnesota, and my wife got sick, and we couldn't go. And... Um, I said, this is a perfect trip. Four games, Kansas City. It's the Royals. I mean, come on. You get a couple of victories. There's nothing worse than going out of town to see your team or going up to Milwaukee to see your team and seeing two losses. Have some Kansas City barbecue. Oh, yeah. See all the water fountains. The Negro League Hall That's of Fame like is thing. there. It's like a thing. Negro League Hall of Fame is there. The IRS is there. So in case you got oh, sure. to pay a bill or something like that, yeah. boom, right there. Yeah. And I said, this would be perfect. Let's go. My brother's like, ah, I can't take four days off. I go, really? You can't take four days off, just a Monday through Thursday. We come back Thursday night. So, you know. What are one of them driving? You got to, and, and since they're not well, driving, now you can't go? Well, I could go by myself. Okay. What fun is that? 
I you mean, have a you have a lady friend, don't you? Yeah, I know. She doesn't want to go to Kansas City for three days to watch baseball. No? I would I would cut it short a day if I want if right. I didn't go with my brothers. I still thought about driving there myself, but I didn't mention this on the air. But I had like a little health thing the other day, so. And then there's that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I told the lady when went into the emergency room on Monday. She goes, "How are you feeling?" I said, "Feeling fine." She goes, well, "Except for the reason you're here, right?" And I said, "Well, yeah, my heart goes into AFib <laughs> once in a while." I said, "You know, every once in a while." She goes, so yeah, but you're fine otherwise. Yeah, I said, yeah. Right, right, right. I'm per- she goes, you need a wheelchair? Well, I, I think said, we're all conditioned to say, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm yeah. fine. I said, Even though yeah. your arm may be hanging off. I said, wheelchair? She goes, yeah, you're an AFib. I said, that's yeah. yeah, that's kind of a thing. Yeah. Then when my doctor said, call me, see me in a week, I said, okay, I, I must not be that sick. <laughs> you know, you were showing me this fancy phone thing. Oh, my have. God. If you don't have it, if you have AFib or you have any irregular heartbeat and you don't have an Apple phone, do yourself a favor. Get an Apple watch and an you, Apple phone. You showed me the graph. Oh, my God. You can take your EKG on it. You do everything you, on you it. You know, it's really like a very bad drummer trying to get through a song. Yeah. That was all over the place. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's you go. Yeah, it's jumping all over the place. Eh, I feel fine. Okay. I'm fine. That's what yeah. I told the doctor. Yeah, I'm fine. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. How's your heart? Irregular. You tell me, Doc. How is it? <laughs> I've been irregular before. We come back. Jesse's always regular. He'll join us. We come back in two minutes.